Go ahead and give me that sanity check. <laughs> what? Ooh, too bad, so sad. Looks like you just picked up a derangement, friend. Happy Harvey here, and you'd be insane not to check out Chaotic Click Clacks. That's right, friends. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Etsy and search up Chaotic Click Clacks. Peruse their exotic array of handmade gaming dice. So the next time you're staring into the gaping mall of insanity, you can do so with confidence and style. Remember, Chaotic Click Clacks, where we want to be your clack dealer. Welcome to Maximum Role Entertainment Podcast, where we take the time to interview folks within the gaming industry. Joining us today, we have Randy Price. Randy is the founder, publisher, writer, and creative director of Two Kings Games. Welcome, sir. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, it's going It's going pretty good. It's nice and sunny out, but it's freezing cold. How about you? Yeah, it's about the same here. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, that's good. At least we're inside and staying warm. How about... Uh, we dive in a little bit. Uh, tell tell me about uh, Two Kings Games. What's let's start with that. Well, Two Kings has uh, games is uh, is a company by with me and Jeff Sturcy is our CEO. Uh, John Step is is a is our third partner. Uh, so it's really like Two Kings and the Queen that actually. Uh, helps run everything in the background because you, you can't expect guys to be able to know what they're doing. You need, you need a woman to like provide right. some better direction, you know? Yep. Yeah, um, my, my wife's my CFO and she controls all, <laughs> she controls all. Yeah. So uh, we, we have two primary brand lines right now. We've got little feet, which is for um, kids and their parents to, to, to get, going in, in Dungeons and Dragons and some of the other like Pathfinder and some other games that are out there systems. Um, and then we, our other brand line is age of ancients, which is for the more mature players and, and, uh, and the game masters that go on there, like ages 13 plus little feet is like ages six to 12 and their parents. Right. On. Uh, but the, but those are our, our main two brand lines that we have out right now. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at little feet. I'm on your website. It's really nicely put together. Uh, Little Feet, it, you know, the concept, well, not the concept, but like the, the fact that you guys take the, the time to uh, make a game system, your system, but make it for the younger crowd and their, and their parents. And I think uh, with our current climate, you know, everybody being trapped at home and everything and, and folks who are trying to find something to do with their kids other than video games, um, this this adventure setup that you have is probably a really good way for them to interact and and you know learn a little bit about get to know your kids a little bit better yeah it's, it it makes it more for a more uh you know it's a more intimate environment with you with you and your family i mean you can uh our, our little feet books are designed so that each chapter can be run in about an hour you know because the younger the kid the kids are that the, the the tension span is not quite there for like six to eight year olds as it is for like somebody in their teens. Um, but so that, you know, it's like one, one chapter for per one night session, you can run it games between uh, like after dinner time and before bedtime, 
each you know during the weeknights and then uh there's about three to four chapters in each book so you can run that across the your week and then by the weekend gets there you you finish the entire adventure yep that's nice you know and it's one of those things that it really builds the imagination of the children and and even your parents uh or the parents you know it it helps bring up their imagination my wife's a teacher and she's been teaching for uh, 20 some odd years and, and she doesn't play D&D. She doesn't know anything about it. Uh, she regrets, you know, showing me this D&D podcast three years ago. <laughs> and then ever since I made a company out of it and, you know, she's like, so what's the purpose? How do you win D&D? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's a long process. You don't ever win. Uh, but the concept of, of sitting there with your kids and, and running a game uh, really, you know, as a parent, you, you know, re-energizes you to like, uh, not the Game of Thrones style, but you, you get back into that fantasy world. And I think stuff like that brings families a little bit closer, uh, especially if like one of the family members did play D&D back in the day and it gets them back into it. So it's a good way to, you know, bring the family closer, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And then when the kids go to bed, I just switched over to, to the next one uh and it's the graphics are pretty uh pretty intense i love them uh the the it's looking really nice and uh you know tell us a little bit about the the adult version uh, uh -huh. or your your next setup yeah uh, the other brand line is called age of ancients and it's uh it's more of i guess what's out in the market the rpg industry now it's more like uh you know, it's, 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 it's for the older crowd. Um, it, you know, I'd say ages 13 to 90. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how, uh, how old people typically get these days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like if you look on our website, uh, we, we have a Kickstarter coming out in, on June 1st for, uh, our like rats book, uh, our adventure, uh, it's for levels one to five primarily geared for, uh, D and D five E and Pathfinder second edition. And it's written by Taylor Turner. The art cover art that you'll see on the website is by Justin David Russell. Uh, and I think he did a phenomenal job on, on the art in there. Um, uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a sandbox. It's more of a sandbox type of adventure. We try to keep our adventures more like that than, than linear oriented so that you have more freedom as a game master, as a dungeon master, uh, to do what you want to do with with the stories, um, you, 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 it's more free form than than like you know, choo choo. Here comes the the, the railroad, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like your. Uh, I'm on the site right now. I, I love the the Dragon Rider Sage uh, photo. That looks amazing. That's really cool. The Red Goblin's really nice uh the robin hood uh oh, i have to click on it to get the full name but that that one's pretty cool too uh oh mm -hmm. yeah so so it looks like you got some some animal classes going on in there that's pretty neat yeah we have uh like uh, about three new races uh or ancestries uh if if you're playing for pathfinder uh First is the Ratatosk. Um, oh, and to lead into that a little bit, um, most of Age of Ancients and Little Feet is kind of Norse-centric. Uh, 
yeah. with a little bit of Celtic thrown in there. Um, so like the 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 World Tree Yggdrasil um, that you may have heard about in the movie Thor, the first Thor movie by Marvel. Um, but yeah, they um, there's there's a squirrel that runs up and down the tree, and his name is Ratatoskr, and he's pretty much like a god in our world but he's a he's a trickster god nice. um and so one of the races is the ratatos they're descendants of him he created them so they're squirrel people essentially um and like squirrels they're very fast and they love to gossip they love to talk they're constantly chair chattering around um the other race is the uh jotun blood which are it's kind of like a magical mix of frost giants and humans. They were originally created in the age of ancient setting of Erlon for uh, as, as kind of like a slave race, but after a, about a century of enslavement, they, with the help of the elves, they broke away from, uh, they broke away from their enslavement and created a small country of their own. Uh, the third race would be the, that we created is called the Tanuki, which it's not brand new. You've, probably seen something like them and uh you know guardians of the galaxy's little uh, rocket yeah. character yep. yep yeah uh so but our tanuki they can shape change uh which is more like the traditional tanuki of uh, uh of uh japanese myth and lore um and that's those are pretty much the races yeah the new races we've created anyway that's pretty nice. I like I like it. Uh, and you know, I, I really like the the art the <clears throat> the artwork you have lined up because it you can see that it's more hand drawn and you know really nicely illustrated versus uh, a lot of people these days, folks, players, and DMs. Uh, they're more digital art uh, instead of the handwritten. And I've playing, you know, AD&D in, in first edition. Uh, I've always loved that about the books is all hand handcrafted. So I'm always partial to handcrafted uh, artwork when it comes to the illustrations and and D&D books. Yeah, we have uh, several artists here. If you look on the Age of Ancients page again, the top there, Like Rats, is by Justin, like I said. Uh, the second one down, Queen of Crones, which is a book that is designed 90 by a entire female design staff. Uh, the only little bit of testosterone, and I'm a fat guy, so that's kind of stretching things, uh, is is by uh, <laughs> is me as the creative director for the project. Uh, but the the author John De Estep made an amazing adventure for us. Uh, uh, Beatrice uh, Pelagati is the the cover artist. Yep, and she's also going to. Yeah, she's 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 done a lot of stuff, a lot of great stuff. Uh, most, I think, most of what I know her for is for her work that she did with Paizo stuff. Um, she did the cover art. Uh, we've got uh, Lady Cartographer is doing is doing the maps. Uh, the and then another uh, another couple of people, like I said, all women. Are, are doing this for Queen of Crones, and that's supposed to come out as a Kickstarter in October 1st of this year. All right, looks nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, 
I'm just as we're going through, I'm just clicking on the the links that you have on your website underneath each uh, section. Really nicely put together, and uh, the the art is amazing. Uh, I like Beatrice's oh, thank uh, you. Uh, work. It's just uh, I was like, oh man, I'd love to have her do a cover because uh, it, it just again I like I like that hand uh, crafted work because you know they put a lot of extra effort into uh, i'm not saying that artists that, that use digital don't put a lot of effort into their work i know they do uh derek stevens i'm talking to you out there i'm sure you listen to my shows and he does all he does all my artwork basically for for maximum role uh, and he does a lot of, of digital art but he does hand art too so i'm not bagging on them i'm just saying i, I like the good old-fashioned hand art uh, yeah i don't i don't want to get hate mail <laughs> Yeah, the, the art that's on the website is uh, Justin, uh, that's Oil on Board, the original. Uh, or like rats, you'll actually have the opportunity to, to buy the original piece of, of art uh, by Je from Justin and, and ourselves. Nice. Uh, that's for like rats. Uh, Queen of Crones, the art for that, I think. And Beatrice, uh, if she's listening or chime in, maybe she can give a little bit more information about this, but I, I think she, this is mostly digital w with a, a traditional medium base to it. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like if, if you look at the picture of that, that's obviously the queen of crones. She's uh, she's a hag, uh, right. if, but she doesn't look like a hag. Um, she's got the goat eyes and the shark teeth. Right. Uh, she has a crown made from infant bones and an infant skull. She's she's not nice people. No, no. Um, that's wicked awesome. And thank you. Uh, she she does have kind of an, an elven background to her a little bit, hence the pointy ears. Uh, the spiders that are like crawling all over her throne there are rhyme spiders, and basically if they if they bite your character, that they literally freeze the blood in your in your character so they can paralyze you almost instantly if you're oh. fail that saving throw but uh the the next one down laughter in the mist is going to be due out uh, the end of next year i believe that is all that art is also done by justin um below that is i'm so proud of this last one uh blood rage uh, I, I was about to ask about that one that one looks so cool <laughs> Yeah, Blood Rage is it's it involves pirates, Cthulhu monstrosities, and resurrected blood gods. I mean, how how cool is that? Yeah. Um, but this piece was done by uh, David Hoffrichter, and who's a good friend of mine and just a phenomenal artist. And if you ever watch some of his videos, he's like he's an amazingly fast uh, uh, painter oh, and wow. doing the. Um, yeah, this was all oil on uh, on uh, not canvas. I think it was. Um, uh, I can't think of what it is. I'm looking at his photo cloth. right now. I think I yeah. think it's I think it was oil on cloth. Uh, it was the original medium for this. Um, but yeah, as you can see, the kraken is coming up there trying to destroy the 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 resolute galleon ship that's trying to desperately make its way to Blood Her Island. Uh, for the story. Um, okay. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about that. The bottom of the page has our Age of Ancients logo that was done by Rick Hershey. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. It conveys the whole Norse feel to to most of our stuff. 
Yeah, you know, that's one thing I tell folks uh, uh, when they have for podcasts mostly uh, that your your cover, your logo uh, has to tell the story of what you're presenting to uh, your audience when they take it at a glance. So a logo uh, is probably the most important aspect of, of when you're displaying an image as the first look of the company or what, whatever you're trying to present because uh, it that determines if people come to it or not and you know a lot of folks struggle with like how to figure that out but I like yours it looks nice thank you yeah I, yeah I it's got up, this, the go spear ahead. of the spear of uh our, our our world's version of Odin essentially is uh it's not too much of a stretch here I'm, I apologize for that but it's Aiden A-D-E-N uh but yeah he's main weapon is a spear and that's a spear underlying the logo there nice i like it yeah you know it, it's just one of those things like i'm still trying to develop uh my cover for the stuff that i'm trying to do and it's 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 all about coming up with that creative look um to grab the audience attention so i mean definitely caught mine uh, all your artwork definitely caught my attention uh, for what's going on. Uh, I'm looking at your at, at your deities. So you guys developed uh, your own deities for for your world. Is it for, um, for every world, or I mean, for every campaign, or is this just uh, for a specific one? Uh, these are it's for the entire campaign setting. So we have like multiple pantheons, uh, like on the website. There's dwarf. Uh, elf. Uh, we need to update a few of these. The, but I don't think the human pantheon is on the website yet. But uh, the human pantheon is based on the uh, the traditional Norse Asir, A E S I R. Uh -huh. um, and uh, so you've got. We renamed them to be to be respectful for people that really worship these gods in, in, in real life. Uh, we renamed them for that reason alone. Um, but they are very closely tied as far as the human pantheon goes to like Odin, Thor, uh, Frigg, uh, gods and goddesses like that. You know, and that's one thing that even with, you know, first edition, uh, I still have my original uh, pantheon's first edition uh, book that they, you know, the, the gods of it, that they put in there. I, I like the Egyptian, but I could I could never get away from the Norse. I've always been a huge fan of the Norse gods. I think it really pervades D and D in its in its whole uh, aspect and how you know the Norse gods work. So it's it's very interesting to to like I tried doing Egyptian that just wasn't doing it for me or or Persia uh, style mm -hmm. and I, it just wasn't wasn't working for me, but. Uh, that's that's unique. I like that you guys have, you know, you, you've developed your own deities for your world. It really brings out a, another aspect of the overall, um, you know, campaign uh, that right. you're trying to put together. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at your maps. You got a ton of maps and they, they look uh, super top notch. I really like them. Yeah, the maps, the cartography that's on the website was all done by John de, uh, Eastip. Um, and she did a phenomenal job, I think. Uh, most of these, all, all of these are made by uh, using the online uh, Incarnate 
program, which you could, as, as, a, as a listener, could go out to their website and make maps just as nice as this. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend it. Uh, very little, very little money. Uh, they even have a commercial license, obviously, for if you want to uh, do the pro level of their of their support. Uh, but yeah, yeah, very nice tools. I, I like it. I had someone hand do my my map, and I felt really bad for her because she did it. Then I was like, okay, are you ready for the names of all the places? And when I sent her the PDF of all the icons. Uh, I'm sure she was just crying because she, you know, said that she was going to put it all together for me and had a set price and I gave her the outline of what I was wanting and, uh, but she hand drew it all and then she put it on digitally, uh, which was pretty neat. Nice. Uh, and so I sent you the image, uh, she hand drew that and then uploaded it in the system. I don't know how that works. I'm still trying to figure out how to upload images and do that kind of thing. I, I'm just old school and, uh, I. You know, I can turn a computer on and hit play and re record. That's probably the extent of my uh, <laughs> digital world of uh, doing cool stuff like that. Uh, but so your overall website uh, for, for the listeners, it's very well put together. Uh, all the stuff that you're presenting for your campaign is, you know, straightforward. You have maps, deities, uh, you know, it's just, it's very nice to be able to, you know, instead of waiting each couple of months to get a, uh, you know, the next part of the campaign, you know, you have them listed out there. The, the fundamentals and foundations are built. Uh, it's really, a, it, it captures the imagination, good stories, good graphics, uh, overall pretty nice. So my hat's off to you for your, your guys you. website. And, and yeah, the website, this, this whole website was designed by Danny Grimes, who's uh, one of the main guys for Wizards of the Couch. He's one of uh, the, the main four wizards for that group. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Danny, for, for doing a good job for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have Danny on the show, Beatrice on the show. I, I wanna I want to pick some brains. They, they've done a really- Absolutely. Yeah, they've, they've done a great. So, uh you know before we get into what you got uh you know some other stuff that you got going on what's let's dive back in, in the past and and what got you to uh to this point where you have a company uh D, D related and then you're making content for D, D now like what what got you into it when when did you start uh it started in 1983 for me uh with the original red box set that was published by tsr um there's a funny story about that because uh, there was I was I was only like 10 or 11 at the time I think and uh, uh, I was me and my friend were, were having a kind of like you know back in the day you like you just kind of have like a, an overnight a weekend overnight at yep. your friend's house and uh, my friend's mother wanted to buy a game for us so that we wouldn't be bored half that time. <laughs> and she had no idea that Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a board game. She thought it was a board game, but uh, you know, bless her heart, she she bought that the expert set for us, uh, not knowing that you you needed the basic set first. Um, but I'm glad she did because that's what really hooked me on Dungeons and Dragons because I started looking at the the expert box uh material i'm like this is so cool you can like you know, it's, it's a game that you play in your imagination 
there's no limits to it as far as that goes. You can be whoever or whatever within the parameters of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that's that's what got me into D and D way back then was a wonderful mistake made by my friend's mom. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you guys? Uh, do you still hang out with this person? Do you still? Do you know? Uh, uh, I I we've kind of fallen off uh, the, together over the years. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name because yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we we differ politically. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, so unfortunately, like I I was Facebook friends with him for a little while, and then he, he removed me or whatever when I was a little too liberal, I guess. So yeah, I got you. I mean, my sister removes me whenever she's like, if I don't talk to her enough, she'll just take me off her Facebook. And then when she sends me the invite to, to be her friend again, I feel like it's after I call her and like, hey, how's it going? And then she'll friend me back. So I, I feel you. I got it. I mean, it's not. So, it's you know, unfortunately, no, but, you know, I still I still uh, think very highly of him. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great father. He's a great now. He's a great grand, grandfather um but yeah we kind of went our separate ways yeah do you still have your original dice that that you started playing oh man i wish i did no um uh i had like an entire collection of first edition ad and d stuff uh-huh. and dice all of the books and i was i'm very very meticulous about my my stuff so all of my books were like in near mint condition uh, all of that became a casualty of a nasty divorce. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, I don't have any of that original stuff anymore. Um, but she, she took the <laughs> That's rough. Uh, I think my wife, if we ever got divorced, she'd be like, "Thank God, get take it all. Take take this entire room that you're sitting in right now and go." <laughs> okay, bye you know but that's hopefully that doesn't happen yeah no 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 no. we were happily married divorce is rough yeah it is it's a it's a it's a it could be pretty bad but you know it dnd's been around so long and i think you know for me dnd has helped me through you know a lot of stuff uh before deployment after deployment and and, uh just over the years it's really helped me uh, get through things and you know you know we we both been playing since you know the the satanic pandemic you know time panic, of, of yeah. panic and you know it was taboo D was such a you know ooh don't do that and so it's pretty funny that you mentioned your first time it's like your friend's mom just bought it not really knowing what she was uh, unleashing uh, in the household <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've rescued my when I was a kid, I rescued my my D&D collection from the curb from trash day for at least Ooh. three times. God, that's rough. I was like right out there, what are you doing? You put all my stuff on the curb. It's like, I don't I don't want that demon worshiping stuff in my house. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I was uh back then, I mean, D&D was uh had a negative light to a certain a certain aspect of the society and uh it wasn't easy for all of us as as young kids growing up there trying to learn more about this wonderful game. I know it's, and now it's everywhere, you know, it's on, you know, TV shows like every day, uh, 
we'll be watching me and my wife will watch some of it. living in germany we have only netflix and you know youtube we only have those things to watch uh stuff so we watch a lot of tv shows because we don't have live tv and we can't get all that fun stuff here and you know every show we watch they mention D D in one way or another and she's like oh, i guess it's everywhere and i'm like oh yeah it's you know it's a multi-million dollar business um it's it's just everywhere now and it's not taboo to be like oh i play D D um because we have companies we both have companies that are D D related so it's it's one of those things where uh you know i kind of tell people what i do uh sometimes i'm like oh i, I own a company i i, I uh, you know produce podcasts and stuff i don't go like oh i do D, &D podcasts and and you know stuff like that because i'm still i don't know what the reaction that i'll get from you know talking to some of my more professional i wouldn't say more professional i feel like we're pretty professional right now for doing it as a business but i still kind of hide it a little bit i don't think i should but do you ever have that that quandary whenever you're you know talking uh, to... i i used to um about you know like before fifth edition came out, I, I, I used to. I would tell people, you know, everybody's heard of Dungeons and Dragons, whether or not they play it or not. I'd say just probably ninety percent of the people if you walk down the street, talk, ask somebody, you ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons? They're probably gonna say, "Oh yeah, that's that game," you know, at the very least. If, if even you know, so. Uh, but I, I, I haven't tried to hide it or anything. Um, if somebody asked me, I would tell them, but because uh, that's that's for me, that's an opportunity to tell people about role playing in general, and sure. I, 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 it teaches empathy, it teaches history, it teaches math, it teaches all different kinds of things that you wouldn't expect from a game, and um, it's a huge part of my life now, and I just uh, I, I love those aspects of it, especially for for kids that uh may be a little introverted or autistic or um uh, just maybe they may not start off having that many friends and then you get them involved in a DD game online or uh once we're out of this covid scare maybe back in in, in small circles um uh, and they will flourish they, 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 they start making all these new friends and it's just, uh, they, they get to use their imagination. It opens them up. They come out of their shell. And that's what I love to see about kids and role-playing games. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, with, with our current climate and probably a year or two before, you know, uh, the pandemic, you know, Roll20 and D&D Beyond came, came out and it really connected you know, players from, you know, across the United States and the world uh, living in Europe. I, I run into more people that play D&D &D over here in several different countries. It's just blows my mind. But have you, do you, do you like that now you're able to connect with, you know, it's not your neighborhood gamers and you can now connect, you can join a game with someone on the East or West Coast, Central Canada, or, or even Europe. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you, do you like that kind of aspect of, of the new D&D? &D? I call it the new D&D &D because now you're able to play in tables that are so diverse uh, with different styles. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love the, like, and, you know, it's not just uh, 
it's not just you know new players that you're meeting new people it's also the chance to reconnect with uh, people you might have played with 20 years ago and you really enjoyed it and they always talking that talking back and forth about hey do you remember that time when such and such did such and such in in, in the game and they're like oh yeah that was awesome and you just relive those moments and you get now people you know they they move across the world and but you can still use the online presence to bring all that group back together and play a game together again very true i i'm actually starting up a uh another podcast where it's just uh my crew from the early 90s uh we're gonna get together and play our second edition level 30 characters uh wow in a fifth edition light so i'm building the world now uh it's gonna be the same world i have my other actual play podcasts but they'll be in a different area where they're the higher level area but they so i get to hang out with my friends and then test play that version of the world before my my main you know, podcast gets to that point. So I can work out bugs and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's, again, I, I love the virtual table. Uh, I was against it. Now I'm kind of for it because I can join a game in Europe with people from six different countries and, and learn how to play how they, you know, played, which is mm-hmm. interesting uh, way of doing it. And I think Wizards of the Coast has done a, a fantastic job by letting uh, folks like yourself, uh, soon me, to be able to take our stories, our worlds that we're creating, and, and put it out there in the D and D fifth edition or Pathfinder style, and they embrace it as you know uh, something that they recognize as as D and D worthy to to you know tell the story. Right. Um. Yeah, we covered a lot of that. So let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit about how you like to play. What, what is your favorite character type and class? When's the last time you actually like, sat down and played in a game uh, outside of uh, Last time I played in a game was, let's see, uh, this past uh, Monday, actually. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, we've got a regular a regular uh bi-weekly group that, that I play I play in with. <coughs> is it based off your world or or do you guys do a No, the game the Monday game is uh, mostly what if, if I'm not running playing stuff that's from our world I'm playing uh I'm usually playing either Pathfinder or and I'm also have an online um Pathfinder the Pathfinder game we're playing right now is Legacy of Fire. It's an old adventure path back from way way back from the beginnings of, of when Paizo first created Pathfinder. I think it was their third adventure path, if I remember correctly. So that's what that's what our Monday game is. It's kind of an Arabian Nights feel to that's the theme, so to speak. Okay. And in that in that game I play a um, a druid. Uh, she's an elemental ally, which is a particular archetype for Pathfinder first edition. Uh, that kind of is like if you're familiar with the different classes for Pathfinder, she's similar, more she's closer to a summoner than she is really a druid as far as what she can do. She has four different eidolons or four different things, creatures that she can summon a day. She only pull out one at a time, right? But they're all four elements. So, so like she's got she's got one that's for fire, one that's for earth, one that's for air, one that's for water. 
And I've created distinct personalities for all four of those so that when she brings them out, they're not, not just some kind of slam bot that just, uh, all right, I, I attack with my Eidolon, yay, yep. you know? <laughs> all right, that's cool. So is of anything you could play, if you had to build a character right now, what, what is your go-to class and race? Uh, I know it's not the popular choice, but I like clerics. Um, yeah. I like clerics. Uh, as far as race goes or ancestry, um, I, I would say, depending, I would, I would want to have something that, that fits the campaign. So, you know, if, if it's mostly a human campaign, I would want to play a human. I would want to be like immersed in that, that campaign world as much as I can be without getting, you know, spoilers or character privilege or something like that. But, right. um, but yeah, so I'd say human cleric. All right. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like clerics. I, I like, you know, anybody that's played first and second edition, that play magic users because, and I, I say this in almost every single show, that if you can play one of a magic user from those editions and still play it to t today and in fifth edition, uh, you're a master of the craft because they were so hard to survive back in the day. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, Gary Gygax gives you like four hit points to start off with or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, and so you're like, oh, I got hit by an arrow. Up, oh, you're dead. Yeah, that's you it. <laughs> If you had poor constitution and you rolled a one on your D4, uh, that was it. You know, you sneeze wrong and you'd be dead. So, you know, those folks have like very creative in how they survive and how they make it through everything, which is, you know, again, I hate magic uh, in fifth edition. I hate magic users only because if they don't know how to use a magic user and, and you know, have their spells ready, uh, especially if you do a podcast or something, it's it's hard when you're like, hold on, let me look up this spell real quick. Yeah, and, uh, it bogs things down. Yeah, if you, you have to be on your game to to play a spellcaster. Yeah, if you're gonna, if people are in, in just like any game, you're dependent on you for being being ready on your when your turn comes around. Yeah, he's <laughs> being set. But you know, clerics are cool. I like clerics. They're coming back. I think uh, from second edition to I think the bard was in first edition. I'm trying to remember, uh, but from from second, we'll start with second to now. The bard has really has become one of the top classes to to play. I haven't played one yet. Uh, I, very rarely do I get to join a game as a player, and sometimes I miss that. But uh, I think the barbarians really come up to the top. I think clerics have come up to the top. Uh, it's no longer the barbarian or the fighter or the paladin. Uh, a lot of these, you know, well, the bard is not magical that much, but the cleric, you know, a magical based ra uh, class is now one of the like, preferred playable uh, characters to do because they have so much, you know, creativity and stuff that they can do and they have more hit points. And so you can survive a sneeze. Um, yep. And you can wear a little bit of armor too. So yeah, yeah. that doesn't hurt. So yeah, that was a bad thing. And a paladins back in the day was a, a nightmare because any loot that you got, you had to give up. Uh, basically, half of it or a third of it, you had to give. Yeah, up. yeah. Back so, in the day, you could only play a human, 
Paladin. That's the only thing I had. And you had like, like four different stats at, at like 16 or better to yeah. play a Paladin. So and basically, you're, if, if you're like rolling up, rolling up your character back then, you're like, oh, look at all these I have really great roles. Well, everybody's in the DM is like, well, you got to play a Paladin. Why? <laughs> because yeah. you're not going to get roles like that any other time. You're not going to have a chance to play a Paladin otherwise. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So obviously, since you're building a, a campaign, essentially, uh, do you prefer the homebrew world, or do you, do you like stick into uh, you know the, the the norm that they publish out there? I do both. Um, I think the best homebrew games are those that allow a DM or GM to take published material and make it their own uh, modular material so to speak where you can just like plug and play it into your how you want your world to be right. and i think those are the most successful types of published adventure material that's out there that allows you to do that yeah i you know i i wanted to start going back to the original uh modules and running uh Again, since I'm a podcaster, doing a podcast where you you're just running a module, uh, the old modules, not current ones, ones right. that are, and you have to play as you know out of the box. You had to play the characters that they provided you, the uh, everything to the T, just to show you know all the new players for the last twenty something years uh, that D and D was hard. You know, Gary Gagax, I, I felt like his goal was to to end you uh before the end of the box yeah we definitely at least wanted to challenge you that's that's for sure yeah you know you open a door and it's like hold on i have to roll this dice like the players didn't even get to roll dice back then Uh, at least when i first started playing my dm he's like yo you don't get to roll just tell me what you want to do and i ah that's no fun he would roll for me and i'm like no 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 what's happening uh but you you know and, and you know some of the gary's like first boxes you you reach every room had some type of uh, encounter table and there you know there's always a dragon on there or something or, it's like or, yeah how'd the dragon fit in here you know yeah yeah and then, or instant death you know you say, oh you you open the door and you die and there's no explanation why you die it's, you die and so it's like how do we make it through these boxes that you know with today you can create your own world and it's more fun but I think giving a glimpse to the, the OG of, of D&D to show that those players from back in the day, you know, uh, and if they still play to today are on point because they had, you know, survived through like module after module. And, you know, sometimes you didn't get to carry your character over. But when I started running games, I let people I'm like, hey, why don't you just bring your character from that one with everything you got? And bring it in here and then this will be an npc and that was my first introduction into having uh i guess you'd call it a homebrew game before it was a homebrew uh right. I, was, I was taking characters over from other modules and then they built a team that you'd have several characters you could pick from uh as like a homebrew style so yeah it's just one of those things that dnd has evolved over the years so much that uh, you kind of forget about the the original, uh, you know, the foundations of D and D and how it functioned. Mm-hmm. There, there's a few things out there that that give you a little insight, but 
uh, like with today, we're able to make more content uh, ourselves and submit it and have it out there for the world to get, you know, I'm looking at your, your website and on some of your links, you have a lot of uh, views and followers. Uh, you said you had a Facebook, um, you know, just, yes. Yeah. yeah that's uh, if you just go to Facebook and do a search for two Kings games, the number two Kings games, and it should bring up the, our Facebook and uh, yeah, check this out. Um, but yeah, like real quick, I want to jump back and, and what something you said a moment ago about old school gaming. Uh, what I think what the the the, mo the modern player nowadays didn't have to worry about what I call you should run and the issue where instead of like the, with the creation of the challenge rating in like third edition, I think is when they first started doing that. Um, people's players get they kind of get spoiled on that. They're like, nah, I shouldn't have to run. I should be able to handle this. And you as the, the GM or the DM should be able to make it so that it's, you know, we can handle this monster. You know, we can beat it. No, yeah. back in the day, back in the day, uh, Gary and his, his friends were like, no, there's certain times that you, you're going to face something that you shouldn't fight, you should run away from or try to talk to first. Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, before the show, we talked a little bit, uh, uh, Mark Reinhagen, the creator of Masquerade, he actually, uh, he's going back to that, where combat's not, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to stay and fight in the combat, like you should want to uh, leave that, that combat sometimes and just call it a draw or whatever. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. That like back in the day, you'd get those character or those scenarios in a big. It's unbeatable. You can't do anything about it. You're just gonna die. And and now you have you know having the ability to figure out if you want to take that challenge on or just leave it and come back. Uh, you know, level up <laughs> and then come back to that that tower that you like, you almost died at. Um, right. Yeah. And and that's the the thing. Uh, you know, back in the day, you'd, you'd spend two, three hours making a character, and I, you know, the way Fifth Edition is working now, you can build a character in fifteen minutes. I, not a very good one, but you have the foundations of a character, uh, right? The backgrounds and stuff. So, how do you, how do you feel about the new way of of character creation or, over the the last couple of editions of D and D? I prefer, as far as like how designing the character from the, from the ground up, uh, I, I think everybody should, first of all, before they even start rolling dice, come up with maybe like a one-page backstory for your character. Tell us who your character is, and then have the stats uh, molded around that skeleton yep. to, put, to put the flesh on the bone, so to speak. As far as styles of rolling or character point by i prefer point by um over the last 10 years i've played more pathfinder than, than anything else and i really like the way they do character character builds that that way um standard array is okay um if you let people roll for their stats you take a risk on them having really awesome stats and wanting to be the star of the show 
or rolling really abysmally and feeling like, wow, I'm useless now. So, true. But those are the three, I think, the three main options nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I like the, the point by two because now you don't have, you know, you occasionally get that player where they have nothing lower than a, a 15 or a 16. And I think having some balance to it, it's probably, you know, to the, to the campaign. And so like in my games, uh, because we threw them in podcasts um, and I let them roll their dice because I want to have that dice roll. I don't like using digital dice that I'm like, you know, I can't see what you're rolling, but I mean, you got to make the, you got to make it enjoyable. You know, you got to make the, the campaign setting enjoyable and, and if you're always going to exceed, then, you know, people are going to stop listening because you're always going to exceed, you, you know, the situation. So uh, it, it's just interesting. So I always do the, the, the 4D6 drop one just to kind of see what everybody does. Uh, but I do myself, I, I do the point by just so I can make a character and, and deal with the struggles of, of picking yeah, a more balanced character i think yeah just just because it challenges me and it, being a player if i die then you know i die uh, i've played in i'm in a international game right now and i've died three times in our 10 sessions uh and it's just wow. like, it's all it's all dice rolls uh yeah and he likes to he likes to push my buttons because uh, we were at D and D in a castle together, and I I killed his his the last boss of the game for him, and I feel like he's just ever since then has been getting me back for uh, finishing the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, you know it's but it's fun. I have a lot of fun. I don't get butt hurt about it. It's hard when you do a podcast and stuff like that because people invest in characters and have their characters drawn and made and and, and done so they. They invested yeah you don't want to as a dm you don't want to like just arbitrarily kill a character off you know it, it's kind of like that 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 old batman movie where you know the joker says or was it the riddler says well, if you kill him that's the riddler if you kill him he just won't he won't learn nothing so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true i you know and that it's interesting you know to I've changed the format of dying in my game, so I've made it more of a uh, respawn thing of like a video game style. Uh, so I give everybody a little bit more chance to survive and play their characters out. Uh, for your for your campaign, have you like? And I I might do this because I, I I've always wanted to have my characters in a book. Have you and your partners made your characters and and want to put them in as NPCs uh, into your book so they're published? uh i try not to do that often but yeah i've, I've done that <laughs> yeah i, I think uh, i think everybody does. if they're diehard D D players like i think i'm gonna have my main character from my my very first character uh as an npc in, in my world and he he's definitely gonna be in there but i don't know if i'm gonna dig too deep into all my characters but at least have one uh that i can say finally he's in a book <laughs> I think what's cooler to, is like if you've got maybe a, a, a player that is no longer around that, you know, that passed away, uh, maybe having a, an homage to, to uh, you know, or an ode to, uh, to that character. 
right. to their okay. favorite character. So I, I like to like maybe have that in like as a uh, the, the dedication in the beginning of the book. It's dedicated to this player. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, like hopefully it. they're 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 rolling not natural twenties in the next life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things like that. I think is 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 better than self-aggrandizement. I guess as far sure. as like putting all of your, uh, you know, because you can't do it. You can't have all of your characters in there. It, oh no, people it's hard to figure that out. They're like these. These all have a similar style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I I agree. I think just having a few and and you know at least one just something you can be like that. That was my character, and because you know everything about it. But you know, I totally agree. Having those those past people I mean, players uh as statues or something within the world i think that's a really good um i'm 100 percent behind uh that i've lost a lot of friends in afghanistan and we played D D while we were downrange and you know i yeah. i thought about doing it but you know you kind of helped me realize that hey you know you probably should you guys played you know like weeks before and uh you know it's just one of those things that that's probably a good way to go it helps me like come up with i have a hard time coming up with names and and places even though i've been playing so long uh so i always have like patreons like give me some names tell me tell me what you think uh help me build this town you know stuff like that so uh yeah i have you found it hard to come up with uh a lot of your content, like the names of cities and, and uh, uh, places like that. Google Translator is a godsend. Yep. <laughs> the only thing about it is, is uh, you know, is it, you might run into somebody from Iceland that, that actually speaks and uh, speaks Icelandic. They're going to know that that word is taken completely out of context. Right. Uh, so you take a risk on doing that, but you know most people they 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 overlook that and they're like, you know, yeah. hey, it sounds cool. It's a cool sounding name. Yeah, um, I don't feel alone anymore then because I that's every place that I created my my map that I have uh, is named after different uh, different places in other countries around me, uh, places I've been to, uh, huh? and it's you know it just sounds like a cool name, uh, but it means you know, a forest or something like that, or, or the, the name of my, my zone two is the town that's next to me. And it just sounded cool. Uh, Kaltenbrunn. Uh, and I live in Freihung. Yeah. And so I just names like that. I'm like, Oh, I could put that in there. That sounds really cool. You know, it sounds medievalish. Uh, so I'm glad I'm not the only person that, that does stuff like that. Cause yeah. Like for example, the capital city and, and the Erlon continent of our, our campaign setting is, uh, Congerheim, which uh, which is a derivative of Conninger, which is uh, Old Norse or Icelandic for king. So um, yeah, so we, we we put some thought into into our names. Uh, we didn't just like, hey, that sounds cool, whatever, because you don't want to end up with something that means something bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have that have that on your website. Uh. You know? It's a it's a funny story, and I'm, I I don't think Mark's gonna listen to this. But uh, when he came up with Ars Magica, uh, he didn't know that in the UK Ars meant ass, and <laughs> <laughs> he made a joke Oops. about that. I was like, 
that made me think of like, oh, I need to really That's think magic. Of, yeah, I had to really think <laughs> about some of these names that I'm using. And then I do a lot of history and pretty much every place that I've listed on my map, I've been to that that city uh, within the country. Uh, so I know a little bit about it and some of the bridges um, that are on there. Uh, there's a bridge that I'm going to next week, actually called the Demons Bridge here in Germany, because it's a bridge that goes over um, like a, a clear lake. And so on a bright day, it looks like an oval because the reflection in the, in the water looks like the bridge ah. is complete. Uh, and it's called the Demons Bridge. And that's in my that's in my game, too. Uh, but it'll have a horrific different outcome than just crossing over the bridge. You go to a right. dark place. It's a so <laughs> demonic portal. Yeah. 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 So, you know, going and then learning the history about it, especially, uh, the, the deities that I've put in my game or not deities, but the chapels that I use, uh, I read up on the saints that I put in there just so, uh, they're not, you know, it doesn't have a negative, uh, you know, it's not a negative influence in, in the world. I don't want to upset people uh, just because I was looking for a really cool name to use. Um, so I find that it's hard to. I always ask everybody how they come up with their names for stuff because it's not easy. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's so easy. Why don't you just make up a name? If you're really good at what you do, you want to invest the time into finding a name that has meaning and is unique uh, when you're coming up with stuff. At least I think exactly. that's that's how I approach it. Uh, I agree. We're, we're we're coming up to our to our mark. Uh, so is there is there anything else? I mean, we covered a lot of stuff, but it, is there anything else you want to throw out there to the to the crowds? Uh, yeah, check us out. Check us out. twokingsgames.com, The number two kingsgames.com uh and like I said, we've got a, a Kickstarter coming up here in June first for our like rats adventure from our age of ancients brand. Um, and then we've got a uh, ice and dice gaming convention. I'm, I'm spearheading. That's supposed to be happening between January 21st and 23rd of, of next year. If it's safe to gather again, of course, um, where, we're definitely going to, where's that going to be? It's going to, it's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and you can check us out, check out our, uh, our Facebook page for a little bit more information on that. But yeah, I've got, I kind of went overboard as far as our special guests. So right now I got like 20 people on listed as tentatives. Uh, what I'm really excited about is that a lot of the old school world of darkness, uh, writers and developers have given me a tentative yes, that they would like to come. So we might have an old school World of Darkness family reunion of sorts at this convention, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, um, that's pretty neat. Yeah, there's about like six to eight of them that that, that have given me a, a tentative yes, depending on the state of things then. Uh, October 1st of this year, we have our Queen of Crumbs Kickstarter uh, for that next Age of Ancients book. Yep. Um, and then in 2022, some of the releases we got planned for 2022 is our next Little Feet adventure, which is a double a double header. It's Oh Rogue Is Me and Down the Drain, uh, made by Mike Bostwick and myself. Uh, we also have a book scheduled for next year uh, that Nikki Ray and Tad McDivitt, who uh, were the former Changeling 
uh, developers and writers for World of Darkness. They're 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 working on uh, a, a book in in memory of uh, Jackie Casada, uh, yeah. who passed away from COVID, uh, unfortunately, in December. Uh, Jackie and I had talked about making this book uh, about a year before she got really sick and passed away. Um, so that's and all the proceeds for that are going are going to be given to uh, Nikki uh, as uh, as a thank you for uh, her and Jackie's involvement in that. Um, and that'll happen probably the middle of next year. I don't have an exact date on that one yet. Um, also, Hush Hush, working on a special project about the drow with someone that I can't name just yet, but uh, uh, it's going to be really cool. I'll just tease a little bit about that. That's going to hopefully come to fruition in uh, 2022 or 2023. Does it does it have the it's in its name? Is it is it? <laughs> Little, what little, little dritz uh action going oh on. no we can't we can't we can't borrow any ip from from wizards no that gotcha. that, that would get us in trouble True. but the word Fair drow enough. is the word drow is 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 open open game but yeah this is uh hopefully right. it'll be about what it, it, it lets you play a drow that is not all evil Gotcha. A drow that uh, basically the, the premise is what will happen, what would happen to the drow society if their main goddess died? Gotcha. You know, um, and basically the all of the intrigue that comes with that, there's it's it opens up a huge sandbox that I think is really exciting. All right. I like it. You know, and I'm, I'm on your Facebook right now and I, I, I scroll down to the picture of, of, you know, you have, it's a screenshot of a, of a, of a character on a little stand. And it just brought me back to the original uh, D&D when you would open up the box. It didn't have figurines. Uh, they had the little characters on the stands. It was just a piece of paper with the picture on both sides. Uh, right. A different outfit on, on each side, depending on what you wanted to be. Uh, it, that just took me back to that. And then you know, the picture of your dice, that looks pretty cool. Two, two KG with a couple crowns on it. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. It has a completely different meaning in Europe, but you know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's my two pound, <laughs> two pound dice <laughs> or yep. something. Got it. Uh, you know, is that, two, two, is that, is that two kilograms. People, is that something people can get or is that? Was that just oh, the, the custom dice? Uh, those are specifically we, we we release those every Kickstarter. Okay. So if you want to like give our Kickstarter, as long as you like you pledge at the the physical level, because we have to mail them to you, of course. Right. Uh, you can get some dice. Or, All right. And then there's like add-ons as well, so you can you can get a whole bunch of dice if you wanna if you wanna pay for them. That's we would be happy to to sell them to you. Yes. Yeah, and they easy. roll really well. Uh, uh, um, our friend Alyssa Faden, uh, uh, cartographer extraordinaire, swears by using our dice for her Shadowrun games. Nice. And so, but anyway. Yeah, yes. like, I was just uh, zipping through it. It looks really cool. I like it. The dice look amazing. 
one one last question about the Facebook page because I, I like scrolling around. The oil painting of uh, it looks like a knight uh, or a warrior with a sword being drawn, uh, and I see a bunch of other oil paintings in the background. Is that is are those hanging? In, or is that your guys's uh, stuff, or is that the artist? Uh, the one that I think the one you're talking about is called uh, "Who Goes There," and it's it's one of the newer paintings by David Hofrichter. Uh, if you go to, uh, let me look up his. I think it's David Hofrichter Illustrations is the name of it here. Yeah, I just popped up on his uh, his. Uh, or David DavidHoffrichter.com. That's spelled H-O-F-F-R-I-C-H-T-E-R. Uh, if you go to his site, you'll see all of his new art. Great artist, phenomenal. There's, he even has videos of him while he's painting certain things. So you can see how fast he really is, which is amazes me because I don't see how somebody can be an oil painter and paint that quickly without making a mistake. Yeah, no, he, I'm watching it so right far, now. He doesn't. Amazing. Well, I kind of do... One last thing at the end of every episode. Well, not every, every every episode, but I put everybody in a situation. So you're in you're in a basement. You got the the you know 1980 style swinging swinging light. You got 24 hours. You get one book, uh, besides the Players Handbook of any edition. Uh, you get to hang out with one other person, any person in history and time. Uh, if it's a famous person, what character of that person? So like what movie uh, of that person? Because uh, Jim Carrey is not, you know, uh, Ace Ventura in, in real life. Because if he was, that'd be scary. Uh, and a set of dice that you would have. Uh, what, what would that look like? Okay, I think I would choose Robin Williams for my the guy playing the game with me. If I if I if I could go back and choose anybody, he's like my favorite actor, my favorite comedian. Uh, he, he can do hundreds of voices. Uh, I think he would really bring whatever character he made to life. And uh, as far as what he's playing, uh, I think he would play a, a bard because he, he would make a great face character. Right. Uh, dice that I'm using. Are you talking about like, do I choose like primarily a D20 or primarily a D10 well, system? Like or? like a set, a set of dice. Cause we have a lot of dice listeners and you know, it's always a question of like, what dice would you use if you're, you know, in that situation, uh, I have metal dice. I have, I have hundreds of dice. Uh, so I always put that question out there. Like, what's okay. Favorite? Well, my, my favorite dice manufacturer that's out there right now is so probably as far as the ones that are, uh, available to the public would be serious, uh, spelled like the star. Um, you get, cause in each of those sets, uh, you get an extra D 20, so you can roll for advantage or disadvantage with one set of dice. Um, is that what you meant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that nails it. I like, yeah. I, I, and, I, and, that would be, and that would be the rainbow set. Just Ooh, nice. Because I, I love the rainbow dice. It's just, you know, you hold them up to the light, they're little, little prisms. Yeah, so, I like it. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, I, I changed mine. I think I'd, I would go with... Um, I would have uh, Lewis Black. Uh, we'd do Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I'd let him DM just because he's a funny. I, I've done a little, a lot of like serious people. I thought I'd want to have some comedy for a twenty-four hour game session in the basement. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, we we would have uh, Scotch dice. 
uh, just it'd be liquid core dice with scotch floating around because I'm a scotch drinker. I'm trying oh, to see yeah. if I can get Jenna to uh, to make some uh, some scotch dice for me. Well, I'm uh, sure she could. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite type of scotch? Oh, I'm a Del Winnie guy. I'm actually drinking a special reserve mix right now. Uh, Fifteen oh, years. So sweet. Nice. Yeah. yeah uh, I like. I I've tried scotch. Uh, that's a hardcore drink, though. That's really you know. I'm more yeah, of a. It's like a super. I'm more of a, a tequila guy myself. I like uh, Patron and Milagro. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. Right on. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been a blast hanging out with you, Randy. And oh, to, thank learn, you. to learn about your, your stuff and your Kickstarters and your world. Uh, like, I, like I've said, your website's amazingly put together you have a lot of content out there to offer folks uh the fact that you you've made you know a setting for children and for the adults and it's separate uh you know is is amazing uh you know it's inspiring to to look at something and doing doing something like that where you're, you're bringing it not just for you know your target market's not just the grown-up uh you want to help the kids get that imagination out so uh, you know, it's amazing. I, I hope a lot of people come to you, uh, you know, from this interview, we'll put all your stuff in the show notes. Uh, if they can find you, if they message me, I'll, I'll point them in your direction. I've joined your yeah. Facebook and a, a few of your things. Yeah. Legend of Jim Crack Jack is the name of our first published book from little feet, which is for kids and their parents. And you can get that on drive through RPG. Okay. It's uh, it's only $5. So it's the PDF PDF is only $5. Cool. Well, again, thank you for coming on. And when you start doing these Kickstarters, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll have you back on and you can talk more about them in depth and, uh, and we can help push it out there for you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Roll. Join us each week as we interview folks within the gaming and entertainment industry, such as writers, illustrators, artists, podcasts, Twitch and YouTube streamers, social media content creators, handcrafted gaming apparel and merchandise, and much more. You can find Maximum Roll on Apple and Spotify and anywhere else you find your podcast. If you want to be interviewed on the show, just email us at MaximumRollEntertainment at gmail.com or Instagram at Maximum underscore Roll underscore Entertainment underscore LLC. And if you like Maximum Roll, check out some of the other Dungeons & Dragons podcasts and streams on the Maximum Roll Entertainment Podcast Network, such as, uh, you know what, I'm just going to let them tell you about their shows. Looking for unique and fun twists to your normal D&D podcast? Well, then check out Crumpets and Kerosene. This fun-filled homebrew game takes our adventurers from the modern world into a land of roving gangs of killer clowns, creepy British children, and the mating habits of dragons, and even Santa Claus. Join Jason, Alora, Merle, Sophia, Quentin, and Serene as they quest their way through the realms of mystery and evil. You can find Crumpets and Kerosene on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Audible, and everywhere else you find podcasts. You can also find us on Patreon. Just search Crumpets and Kerosene and get even more wild and crazy fun. Hey, hey, stop on by dnd420.com. We're a guild of role players brought and bound together by Common Drive, the love of role-playing games. We bring our individual skills and personalities together to breathe life into the worlds and games created by our game masters. We also offer podcasts such as Late Night with Jess and Jam. We have custom content, a bestiary for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, and a Discord server where you can find games or just hang out and make new friends. That's dnd420.com. Need some excitement on that morning drive to work? Welcome, adventurers, to Constructed Chaos, a live play Dungeons & Dragons podcast full of unpredictable antics, borking doggos, and engaging fantasy storytelling and roleplay. With sessions recorded in a professional studio setting, you'll feel every bit of the action and hear every snide remark by the snarky NPCs. Jump in and have a listen to our flagship campaign, The Wrath of Zealous, to help us construct some chaos. This is Mark Reinhagen, creator of Vampire the Masquerade and all those other monster games. If you like what I did before, you're going to love the Accursed series of games using a narrative version of the D20 5e game system, in which you play cursed beings in a dark fantasy setting called Lostlorn. I'm working with a collective of artists, writers, and game designers called the Tailspinners to bring this world and these games to life, and you're welcome to join us on the ride. We are releasing a new zine every month, uh, which in a series of six, detail and outline a unique and amazing campaign setting. We started with Bloodstone Isle and are moving next onto Invictus, the city of bridges. For a nominal sum, you can get these delivered to you monthly on Patreon. Just type in patreon.com backslash lostlorn. Thanks for listening. Games like Dungeons and Dragons are more popular than ever. But with tons of rules, mountains of books, and so many dice, it can be hard to know where to get started. That's where Dungeoneering with Jason comes in. We're Dungeon Masters for Hire. Take a break and let us run your next game. One-on-one tutorials are also available for new DMs. Contact Dungeoneering with Jason today. Adventure is just a click away. (laughs) 